Well, let's welcome you back to This Week in the Association. I'm Rob Panier, joined once again by my good buddy Kevin Luco, and it's Christmas time. So nothing says Christmas better than our good buddy down there for the Cleveland Railroaders, Brad Albright. Brad, thanks for coming back for us at this great time of the year. I feel like we have we are really embarking on a tradition here. Now, I don't think that I'm at the level of a Clark W. Griswold quite yet. Uh, I don't have the Santa hat on, or I don't have uh, Cousin Eddie next to my side, uh, but we're, we're starting to embark on a tradition, and uh, I appreciate you guys for uh, thinking of me this time of year and, and uh, giving us the opportunity for this to continue. Well, I, well, I know, tell you there. Go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead. You know, TBS has their 24 hours of Christmas story. We have our one plus hour of Brad Aldrin, and I, I think our tradition is better. <laughs> well, let's pass around the eggnog and get after it. I'm excited, fella. And I, I just want to say is that, uh, you know, I mean, next to, like, the Charlie Brown Christmas tree and the heat and snow miser, I mean, again, uh, Brad Aldrin is right up there. So I just want to point those two <laughs> those out to you there. So. Oh, so. Big, big shoes to fill tonight. I've got, I've got, the, I've got the weight. Weight of the world, or maybe the weight of Santa's stomach on my shoulders here uh, to to bring something entertaining tonight. I'll do my best. And well, I'm just letting you know that Christmas could be made or bro- broken for uh, people here tonight. Sorry, sorry. No pressure, though. Brad. No pressure. No pressure. No so, pressure. So, no. Let's first of all talk about. So, uh, you know, it, it's become kind of a tradition now that we get to learn a little bit about your wife's present before she gets it. So. Uh, did we get to get the inside scoop right out the bat here? Uh, I will. I will give you the inside scoop. It once again borders line borderlines on the level of absurdity. Uh, more on my part than hers. Not for her selecting the present, but by me being dumb enough to purchase it. Uh, in in years past, we've gone with the Louis Vuitton purses. We've gone with the ridiculous gifts. Well, we have continued that trend this year, gentlemen. Uh, we're past the point of purses, though. We have moved on into the world of sunglasses, and we have purchased uh, the latest in fashion from, you guessed it, Louis Vuitton. Uh, My wife, uh, you know, I don't know. I love her. I love Misty. Uh, Shout out to my wife. I love you very much. You're the ultimate gift. Um, But her her level of... uh, of uh, gift choosing, I got to call in the question, guys, because we went with these Louis Vuitton sunglasses, and uh, they're, they're absurd. It's absurd what Louis Vuitton can throw their logo on and demand uh, from a from a dollar and cent perspective, and what you have to pay to get these things. Would you care to guess? Now, let me let me preface this. Uh, in my life, I've explored I've, I've, I've gotten a pair or two of open life where you're, you know, you're talking about $100, $150 sunglasses. And in my, I don't know about your world, but in mine, I consider that to be expensive. Would you care to guess the going rate on a pair of Louis Vuitton these days? Well, first, I'm going to guess they're not available at Bucky's. They're, you cannot find them at Bucky's. In fact, these were purchased at the Louis Vuitton store in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, five days ago. Whew. I'm probably thinking 500. 
$599.99 is your retail price on those Louis Vuittons. And I am sure they were ready to, and I am sure, I am quite confident that when one Brad Allred walked out of that Louis Vuitton store some five days ago, they were ready to slap the complimentary sucker stamp across his forehead because, uh, boy, I, I just shook my head questioning, questioning what in the world I was doing uh, as I walked out of there. But as they say, happy wife, happy life. So, uh, you know, when my wife opens those with excitement uh, on the, under the Christmas tree come Christmas morning, uh, the smile on her face, uh, we'll, we'll make it worth every penny, I guess. Uh, did they come with, like, uh, at least a case and a cleaner, or? They, oh, they that's been extra. Case. No, no, they do come with a case. They get, they get your case, and, you know, it's got the, it's got, uh, you've seen the, the, the handbags, the purses, or the luggage, the, that, that brown Louis Vuitton, that brown Louis Vuitton leather with the LV logo and the gold. Uh, is that they package the sunglasses the same way. I guess that's part of what you're buying um, is the is the likeness there uh, for five ninety nine. But I'm telling you, I'm like when I looked at that, I was like, you, when I looked at the price tag, I'm like, you can't be serious. Six hundred dollars for a pair of sunglasses. So this is free advertising for Louis Vuitton. Maybe it's not the most positive of advertising, but it's free advertising. So Louis Vuitton. Uh, Call me if you want to do business. <laughs> okay, well, do you get the the payoff? I mean, wife is super excited when she sees this extravagant gift. You know, Brad Allred is the man for 364 days till next Christmas. Uh, 64 seconds, Rob, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. But I'll, I'll keep her happy through breakfast. And then we'll work on what it takes to, to keep her going through lunch. But we got breakfast covered. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to say that uh, because I know you're, you're looking for the, the big-name sunglasses, LV, out there. You know, I, I bet you could get some Luis Vizcaino, uh, Vizcaino uh, <laughs> sunglasses <laughs> for a lot, a lot cheaper. I, I, Same yeah. initials. I agree. <laughs> Yeah, he, I could probably get a get a heck of a deal compared to the five ninety nine for. Oh, oh, and by the way, by the way, uh, uh, I was I was uh, made aware of this when we're in Las Vegas. Now, um, I'm I am showing or sounding off my southern draw here, saying Louis Vuitton. Uh, no, the the uppity folk in Vegas. Uh, it is not Louis Vuitton. It is Louis Vuitton. So uh, oh. I learned that the other day. Part of that, I guess, costs six hundred and some odd dollars, but it is Louis Vuitton. <laughs> well, you're, you're a baseball broadcaster. You're lost without a pronunciation guide. What do they expect out of you? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I said, look, I'm just an American Association uh, broadcaster. I'm, I'm not in the big leagues yet. I don't have the big league salary, uh, and they just said, save it, sir. It's six hundred and whatever. $38 with tax, whatever it was. Just hand the credit card over and beat it, pal. That was their, uh, once they had the sale in, they were just looking to get me out and get on to the next person. Well, now you know that it, uh, the cost is for the sunglasses and uh, a lesson in pronunciation. So 
well worth that's the cost right. now. That's right. Uh, yeah, the so. price you pay. Yeah. Well, Brad, let's jump back and talk a little baseball with you before we go back to Christmas. And uh, obviously you guys had one of the biggest news stories already of the year, bringing Pete and Cavillia in there. And uh, Pete has a long-time successful history in the American Association, a fiery guy. I know you've got to be thrilled about the choice of him as manager. Man, Pete, Pete's fantastic. And, you know, what? I want to take it back a step further because I think when you look at the landscape of the American Association coming into 2024, um, probably not any franchise with more change than Cleburne, right? I uh, want to wish uh, John Junker, Darren Udaley, and the former ownership group the absolute uh, best and what comes next for them as they have uh, handed the baton over to Tom Vanderveen, Chris Rasmussen, and the folks from Rev Entertainment. And, boy, what, what a splash they're making, guys, with uh, their commitment to excellence. Uh, so excited to be a part of this group uh, and, and the splash that they're making already with the hiring of uh, Pete and Cavillia and, and Pete bringing in uh, Rudy Jaramillo, who's, you know, a household name and hitting and just the fingerprints uh, – that, that he's had on so many successful guys, including Hall of Famers, and now he's, he's wanting to, uh, you know, te- teach the young guys. So we're certainly excited um, about our coaching staff. Um, we're certainly excited uh, about our roster uh, and, and the way that it looks thus far. And, boy, you're talking about making a splash. I mean, look what Pete's done uh, just in the past couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm looking now, uh, and we're talking, uh, we've already got 14 players uh, signed and secured um, for the 2024 season. In the coming days, you're going to see us make a couple of announcements uh, on very familiar names that are going to be returning to Cleburne to go along with familiar names. Uh, how about us locking down Hill Alexander? How huge is that? Uh, Hill the Thrill is going to return. Uh, to Cleburne in 2024 and certainly be leaned upon uh, to be a cornerstone of this offense. Uh, You can say the same about uh, Ryan Hernandez. I think had Ryan Hernandez had a full season in the American Association in 2023, uh, you certainly would have been having his name in the conversation for Rookie of the Year. Uh, Ryan's going to come back and do big things for us. Uh, Blaze Brothers, who was certainly – a big piece late for us uh, in, in our playoff push. Blaze Brothers will be back. Uh, Jonathan Tripp, who was a key acquisition in a trade with Chicago, and what Tripp was able to do for us uh, in the rotation late. We'll see Jonathan Tripp back. And then, boy, I mean, look what Pete's done with some big, successful names in the Frontier League in 2023 that are going to look to make that jump. And, you know, I think you guys are very well aware with, uh, you know, guys that come from the Frontier League, that that can be a challenging uh, ask to come from the Frontier League and, and keep that same level of success in the American Association. And we've got a handful of guys uh, that were very successful uh, in 2023 in the Frontier League um, that that are going to be, you know, asked to play important roles. But when you look up and down with what Pete's done thus far, you know, Trey Harris, Cito Culver, Jalen Hubbard, uh, Peyton Robertson, Ron Washington Jr., Austin Bernard, Jake McMurray, uh, 
uh, Dusty Stroop all coming on board, and then uh, a couple of pretty good pitchers, the left-hander Col- uh, Colby Kubitschek, who uh, played at the University of Texas, and then uh, Justin Kleinsorge is going to join Jonathan Tripp, and then, like I mentioned, there's going to be some familiar names in the coming days that were with us uh, on our pitching staff last year that are going to return that I think will make Cleburne fans real excited. I think the, the writing's on the wall, guys, for, for what uh, Pete's looking to do. I mean, there, there's no complacency uh, with this organization, certainly with that clubhouse. They want to continue to build upon what Cleburne's been able to do over the past five years as we, you know, continue to take the steps, right, trying to make trying to move forward and and trying to bring the Miles Wolf Cup to Texas. And, uh, you know, from where we stand here in December, I'm certainly excited as, uh, about what I see thus far. Do you feel, although it's, I'm sure it's not completely intentional, that bringing a guy like Pete Incavelia in, who's very well qualified, but he also has name value within the Cleburne area, do you feel that was a factor into the move? And within that, too, bringing in now Ron Washington Jr., who, you know, everybody knows what Ron Washington did with the Texas Rangers at one time. Do you feel those were is it just a coincidence or is it a calculated move? Oh, I, think, I think, Kevin, it's a good question. I, 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 you know, I'll, I'll say this. Is it a calculated move? Well, absolutely it is. I think it's very intentional. But I will also say that, you know, here's what you can say about Pete, right? And this is the beauty of baseball. Numbers don't lie. Pete wins. Pete wins. He wins at every stop. He knows. Pete and Cavillia knows how to put a winning team together. He knows, he knows how to put a winning team on the field. But more importantly, where I think Pete is really going to be successful in Cleburne is not just the team that he puts on the field, but the type of team that he puts on the field. You see Pete and Cavillia teams take the persona of Pete and Cavillia in the way that Pete and Cavillia played the game, right? Pete, Pete, away from the game, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten to spend some time with Pete over the past few weeks, and Pete's great. You know, he's always got a smile on his face, and he's, you know, he can be joking and jovial and have a good time. But make no mistake about it, when it's time to go to work, uh, there's no laughs from Pete and Cavillia. It's time to punch the time clock, bring your lunch pail. You're going to play a, you're going to play a, uh, a style of baseball where offensively, you're going to make things happen. You're going to hit the ball in the gap. You're going to take extra bases. You're going to steal bases. Uh, you're going to play a rugged, hard-nosed, physical, uh, 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 demanding, high-expectation type of baseball. And from a pitching standpoint, Pete wants guys in here that are going to throw strikes, to attack the strike zone, to trust your defense, and make things happen. That's going to be the style of play that you're going to see from this team managed by Pete and Cavillia. And I don't think there's anybody that knows the Cleburne fan base better than I do in my time here. That's the type of team that Cleburne fans can rally around and get excited about and get behind. And those are, those are a couple of reasons why I think 2024 uh, is going to be a fun season uh, for myself, certainly for Cleburne fans. And, 
it's going to be excited to see the uh, the journey that this team goes on. Speaking about the fans for a minute, Brad, um, Pete is, a, is quite a bit different of a style of manager than they seem like Logan Watkins and Brent Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How, how, do, how do you feel that will be embraced by Cleveland fans to see a guy far more fiery and, and we'll call it passionate about the way that he manages? Yeah, you know, I mean, if you look back, if you look back at the lineage of the railroaders and and the managers that we've had, I mean, go all the way back to Gabe Suarez, and then go to Shelby Ford, and then and then and then Brent Cleveland, uh, and then and then Mike Jeffcoat, and then and then of course Logan, who you know, it's no secret I'm very good friends with Logan Watkins. It'll always remain that way, and I think Logan's going to do great things in Winnipeg. Logan's just a different style of manager. Logan, Logan isn't a fiery guy. He's not a, he's not an emotional guy. He's even killed. Not too many highs. Not too many lows. Uh, he puts a lot of trust in his guys, and and he counts on them uh, for productivity and to play the style of game that he expects them to play. Uh, what I like about Pete is I'm a fiery guy too. Like I want, I'm all for getting a little fired up at times and getting some emotion out of your team when you need it. And there's not a better individual for that than Pete Cavillia. And I think Cleburne fans are going to draw to that. And, and that's no, I don't mean anything bad towards Logan or, or, or Mike Jeffco to Brent Cleveland or, or Shelby Ford or, or Gabe Suarez, who I still maintain contact with all five of those guys. But I think the reason they're going to draw close to Pete is because Pete's going to manage and he's going to coach a style that Cleburne fans are not accustomed to. And when Pete sees something he disagrees with or he sees something in the way that his team uh, is playing the game that he is not uh, for or does not agree with, Pete's not going to bite his tongue. So you're going to see Pete get a little fired up. You'll probably see Pete get – Pete will quickly move up the all, the Cleburne Railroader all-time list of uh, game ejections pretty quickly because that, that number is very low. There's, their ejections haven't been something that uh, has been a part of our past, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I like the fireness of, of Pete and Cavillian. I think that's going to – motivate and and steer his young talent in the right direction. I'm I'm all for it and excited to see it. Talking about the moves that he's made already, what's the sense of the kind of team that you feel that Pete is trying to build here? I mean, do you see like is is this going to be a team that's based on really trying to get incredible starting pitching or or what what are we going to see out of this Cleveland Railroader team? I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see an offense. And and okay, we can't answer all the questions from a pitching perspective just because the roster hasn't been finalized. But I will say this: when you look at the when you look at the signings that Pete has made thus far from an offensive perspective, and I ran down those names. You know, Trey Hare, Cito Culver, Jalen Hubbard, uh, Peyton Roberts, Ron Washington Jr., the, the names that I talked about, and then the names that Railroader fans know. Ryan Hernandez, Hill Alexander, yeah, they're going to provide pop. 
and you're and they're going to drive the ball out of the yard. And you're going to see a couple of more signings of guys with home run power. So from in comparison to the 2023 team, yeah, we're going to hit some home runs. But what I think you're going to see uh, on this year's team is you're going to see a spray the ball to all fields. If you look back at, at uh, like, let's take, for example, uh, Mark Caraviotis in 2023. You know, Shark had – did Shark have home run pop? Well, sure he did. But Shark could spray it around. He could hit the ball in the gap. He was top uh, two in the league in doubles. Um, Shark would throw some total bases up there, as would Hill Alexander. You're going to see that. You're going to see this team do that. They're going to spray it around to all parts of the field. I think you're going to see us remain aggressive on the base pass once again this year. I think you'll see us near the top of the league in stolen bases. But the one thing I think you're going to see this team do well that doesn't show up necessarily in a box score, it's going to be the situations where they go first to third or maybe a ball in the gap they're scoring from first. You're going to see this team be very aggressive, I think, on the base pass, and that's due to the athleticism of the guys that that Pete has signed thus far. So I think it's going to be an exciting brand of baseball. Will we hit as many home runs as we did in 2023? I don't know. I think that's that that question remains to be answered. But I, th- I think you're going to see us score as many runs, and I think you're going to see some good two out hitting, and you're going to you're going to see the situational numbers, runners in scoring position, runners in scoring position with two outs. I think you'll see Cleburne excel in those areas, and I think that'll stra- that will translate to an offensive style that sees this team put up a lot of runs, and that's the type of baseball that fans enjoy. So. I think uh, Cleveland fans have a lot to look forward to in 2024. Let me be the one to bring up the elephant in the room that I'm sure anybody that's listening that knows the league and the railroaders really well will be asking, who will we be seeing patrolling center field? Will Zach Nerrier be back for another season? You're asking the hard-hitting question. All right, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you absolute honesty. Okay, I'm going to give you absolute honesty here, where others might skirt around this question. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to lay it out and and tell you exactly what's taking place. Uh, I personally, uh, Zach Narrier is one of my very, very good friends. Zach Narrier and I talk uh, no less than a couple of times a week. Uh, I had a very heartfelt conversation with Zach Narrier regarding 2024. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep the contents of that uh, conversation private between two friends with the respect that I have for Zach. Uh, and I will say this. I'm not Zach Narrier, but based on the conversation that I had with Zach Narrier, I'm not sure Zach Narrier knows what Zach Narrier is going to do yet in 2024. And I'm not saying that to try to skirt the question to say, well, he might be back in Cleburne, he might not be back in Cleburne. I'm referring to baseball in general. And I don't know that I don't know if Zach has totally made up his mind yet on what he's going to do. I'm certainly not one to speak for Zach. But I can tell you this with absolute certainty is 
there the the olive brand certainly Cleburne wants Zach Narrier back. I, I it doesn't take a rocket scientist rocket scientist to figure that out. And that those conversations or that that message was clearly sent to Zach. But as great of a baseball player as Zach Narrier is and I think he's one of the two greatest railroaders of all time. I've gone on record to say that. When you when you talk about the Cleburne Railroaders and you think about Cleburne, you think about Zach Narrier and you think about Chase Simpson. And until someone comes along to prove me wrong, that is always who I will say are the two greatest railroaders of all time. And as great as Zach Narrier was and has been on the field for the Cleburne Railroaders, he is ten times the human being away from it. And and I can speak on behalf of the entire Cleveland organization saying this, is the Cleveland organization is going to be a fan and support Zach Narrier in whatever Zach Narrier's decision is, whether that's to come back to the Cleveland Railroaders, whether that's to start the next chapter in life, whatever Zach Narrier uh, chooses to do, uh, not only Brad Allred, but the, the entire Cleveland Railroader organization is going to be a Zach Narrier fan. So I guess I say all that to say stay tuned, and when Zach makes his decision, we'll we'll all know what Zach Narrier wants to do. I want to come back to a guy you were mentioning a few minutes ago here, Brad, and, and that's Hill Alexander. Um, you know, Kevin and I have talked about this is a guy that you just feel like is, is – destined to be an MVP in this league. And mm-hmm. you've got to watch him over this always high batting average. He's hitting more and more for power. He nearly won the home run derby last year as well. Um, mm-hmm. what, what's, the, what's the ceiling here for Hill Alexander, in your opinion? I think Hill Alexander is an absolute MVP candidate. Uh, and, and, again, I'll, I'll, I'll follow some of the same attributes that I just spoke about Zach Narrier. Hill Alexander and Zach Narrier are very close, and I think they're very close because they're the same human beings. Um, I have been privileged in my time in Cleburne uh, to make close friendships with a number of players and, and to be around a number of great individuals. Uh, Hill Alexander, one of the top five human beings I've ever come across in baseball, and I don't mean as a player. I'm talking about as a player, I'm talking about as a person, uh, I'm talking about his character, I'm talking about what you, the things you don't see. When, when the, the way Hill Alexander is when no one's watching, he's just a, he's just a, uh, he's just an unbelievable human being, and he's going to be expected to be. He's he's got some big shoes to fill because as good as Hill Alexander was last year. The difference is the Hill Alexander in 2024, because of the because of the one and a half seasons, in what we've seen out of Hill Alexander. Now it's the expectation. The expectation is Hill Alexander is an MVP candidate, so he is looked at to be the cornerstone of our roster, and that's that's uh, you know that's 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 heavy weight. That's heavy weight to push around. And to walk around with. So, uh, but is Hill up for the challenge? He absolutely is. And uh, you know, Pete. In fact, Pete told our uh, 
tell our season ticket holders when we had our uh, when we had, when we introduced uh, Pete and Rudy to our uh, sponsors, season ticket holders, uh, host families. Um, one of the questions that we had an open Q and A, and one of the first questions was, "What can you tell us about Hill Alexander?" And this was weeks ago, and Pete was very poignant. And then he said. He said, I am going to do everything in my power to make sure that we have Hill Alexander in 2024. And Pete was able to do that. Uh, Hill signed his contract this past week, and I know Railroader fans are excited to, to have Hill on board, and uh, there's going to be big expectations. We're, you know, th there's going to be other things involved, but one of the things you can say with certainty is uh, we're going to go as far as Hill Alexander takes us. Now, for fans who have been around for a while and listened to the show, this brings me to a question I, I, I want to see your opinion on. Um, so you've gotten to know Pete a little bit here, and I'm assuming the relationship will grow you know, exponentially as you kind of go along. So give me kind of a projected date when you would feel comfortable enough to take his truck and hide it somewhere around the depot so we couldn't find it like you did to Josh Oh, Robinson. boy. Oh boy, uh, man, that's that's tough. Uh, I wouldn't want to make Pete Incavilia angry. <laughs> I don't know. I got a bit. I, if, Pete and I get along great. Don't get me wrong. We we've had several conversations. Uh, we've had some good laughs together. Uh, I I might have to, I might have to build a little more of a foundation before I before I rise to the level of stupidity to try to uh, move Pete's uh, truck to the back of the depot lot, um, or the lot at La Moderna Field, because uh, as funny as that was back in the depot days with uh, Josh Robertson, I, boy, I don't know. I mean, Pete could, Pete could uh, rip me apart with his two bare hands. I don't know that, I don't know that I want to go down, down that road yet. Uh, I'll give you. A, I'll give you, a, uh, Kevin. You'll you you can appreciate this. I'll give you a. Uh, I'll give you a wrestling analogy here with the Iron Claw coming out later this week, which I know, Kevin. Before this night's over, you're going to ask me a question about that. So let me go ahead and beat you to the punch. Of course. I'll give you an iron. I'll give you an Iron Claw analogy here. Uh, Pete and Cavillia would be a monster heel, and going along the lines of the Iron Claw coming out. Imagine a heel bruiser Brody. That would be Pete and Cavillia, and that's not somebody, someone I want to mess with. Oof. We like the wrestling in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, t tell us a little bit here, too. You talked about him earlier here, Brad. How do you see Logan Watkins faring in Winnipeg? Logan's going to do great. Lo Lo Logan's going to do fantastic. Um you know, I'll say this. Uh, we all know how baseball works, right? And and it's a it's it's a game where you know changes are just made. It's I mean they're made at every level, and Logan understands that. Um, in fact, you guys had him on. I, he had a he had a great visit with you guys as he talked about his time in Cleburne. He understands it's a business, and he understands things change. And and while while it his time in Cleveland didn't end the way that he wanted it to. Um, now he's been given an opportunity in Winnipeg. And, 
you know, great franchise with a great ownership group, and um, all, I've always enjoyed my time up in Winnipeg, and Logan's going to flourish there. I think he's going to do great. I mean, Logan is uh, – Logan, Logan was meant for this game, and uh, he's got a lot to give this game, and uh, Winnipeg, Winnipeg's lucky to have him. And, you know, we're going to see him right out of the gate, <laughs> right? I mean, opening day. Uh, Logan Watkins and the uh, Winnipeg Gold Eyes come to Lamadera in the field, so uh, that that'll be an interesting uh, scenario. But uh, I mean, like I said, it's no secret. You guys know Logan and I are very good friends. Logan and I still talk uh, quite often, and um, I wish nothing but the best. Uh, I hope for uh, I hope for 94 regular season wins for uh, Logan Watkins. I just want him to start off 0 and 6. Phenomenal guy for sure. I absolutely love Logan. I, I hope he has great success up there as well. So, um, okay, Brad, so we're over the baseball part now. So now we can talk about more fun kind of things here. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'll, 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 turn, I'll turn the show over to Kevin here. Well, what, I know wait, he way to go, Rob. You, you, the, the, a show that revolves around the American Association, what you, what you basically have done is just said, Oh well, American Association's not fun to talk about. Let's get on to other. <laughs> not as much way, fun way, to talk about. Way to sell the show, not there, Rob. Way to sell not the show. Fun to talk about. Yeah, you know what? Hey, I'm I'm I'm, I'm just brutal honesty here. Brutal honesty. Yeah, well, no, you know what? Though, in fairness to Rob, it is the lullness of the off season, right? If there's a downtime in our game, it is December. Because, you know, in some of the places up north, you're battling snow. You know, it's certainly not baseball season. You're in the lull of trying to get your roster put together. You know, as, as the year turns over and, you know, things start warming up, you know, it'll get uh, closer to spring training and there'll be more excitement. So there's, there's going to be a lot of exciting things to talk about in terms of the American Association uh, coming real soon. I just want to say is that's why we had Brad on the show. See, he's my closer there. So he came in to mop up my, my my statement there and make sure he got the right statement out there. So I appreciate my uh, finishing it off already there. So I'll, I'll turn this over to Kevin because I know he's he, he really wanted to talk a little bit about some wrestling there with you. So, um, Kevin, take it away. Fire away. Fire away, Kevin. Well, Iron Claw comes out in most theaters on Friday. A uh, story about the Von Erich family, with anyone that follows wrestling, and anyone that just follows, I don't know, life in general. It, if you know their story, it's a, it's a fascinating story, a tragic story, a sensational story all in one. So, Brad, you grew up down there. You were in the Von Erich backyard growing up. Yep. What, yep. what does this mean to you as a guy that was a teenager going to matches in Dallas-Fort Worth and uh, worshiping the Von Erich family as opposed to me who picked up some TV on the UHF on Saturday nights up here in Minnesota. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm not joking when I say this. Um, this, this will be an emotional film for me because for those that know me and know obviously my passion with the Cleveland Railroaders and the American Association, um, I'm also in the independent wrestling business with Lucha Brutal, and I wouldn't be in the independent wrestling business if it wasn't for 
uh, growing up uh, as a young teenager in world-class championship wrestling right in my backyard in the Von Erich family. And this, this film is centered around their upbringing, their tragedy. And this was during my influential times as a teenager. But the thing I can appreciate, <clears throat> as tragic of a story as it is, uh, it, it also exemplifies unity within my family and my closeness to my grandparents who were, um, who were, were, uh, so good to me. And, you know, Monday nights took me and my brother and my cousins to Will Rogers Coliseum. And on Friday nights took us down to the corner of Katie's and industrial and in downtown Dallas in the sportatorium, which will be depicted, um, in the iron claw that comes out Friday. So for me, uh, I'm very eager to see this film because it just it takes me back. I mean, it's it's going to take me back 35 plus years to my Mondays and my Fridays and my you know trips to the Cotton Bowl and the Texas Stadium and the David Von Erich Memorial Parade of Champions and you know getting to see Kerry Von Erich win a world championship and all those great wrestling memories that I have as a youngster. Um, you know, it's gonna it's gonna take me back. So I'm I, I'm actually going to see the film uh, Thursday night. I found a found a place here locally that's going to show it a day early. So I already have the tickets locked in, and uh, it's going to be pretty cool because my brother and I, who grew up in that era, uh, we're taking our sons. So it's going to be pretty neat to have some father and son time to be able to sit our boys down and and watch a film about what was important to their dads at their age. So it, it, uh, it's going to be, going to be pretty neat. You know, I, I think this is where having something like YouTube is just incredible because for those that weren't living in the era, they can go back and watch these matches, especially with the Von Erickson, the Freebirds or the Von Erickson, the dynamic duel. And you can just, just listen to the crowd. Just listen how invested all these, you know, as if you're at Reunion Arena, 18,000 people were, how invested they were in these matches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these guys were, you know, I, I hear the stories that, like, they were at, were they at, like, a Six Flags and they had to shut the park down because there was just so many people just wanting to be around the Von Erics that they they had to close the amusement park down. <laughs> they they were larger than life. I mean, if you go back to the eighty, well, just look at professional sports today, and let's take the let's take the Dallas landscape. Yeah, you've got Dak Prescott, Cowboys quarterback, and you've got Luka Doncic, and now you have Corey Seager with the Rangers, and you have these you have these professional athletes that are larger than life figures within the Dallas area, I can tell you that in any of those scenarios, whether you want to choose Dak Prescott, you want to choose Luka Doncic, you want to choose Corey Seager, you want to choose a Dirk Nowitzki or a Mike Madonna, none of them, none of them had the fanfare at the height of their careers that a Kerry, Kevin, or David Von Erich had at the height of their careers. And I know that might be hard to believe, 
but being someone that was here in North Texas during that time in the 80s, uh, I mean, my goodness, their their funerals were, were televised. On I mean, they, they were put on tele. I mean, Channel 4, 5, and 8, carrying every one. I mean, it was they stopped everything for the funerals of, of, of Carrie, of David, of Mike. Um, they were larger than life. I mean, they're, they're just, they, there was that type of fanfare. And I don't know that that could ever, I, well, let me, let me rephrase in professional wrestling. I don't think that that could ever be duplicated again. The mark that that family left on, uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area, and of course, uh, I mean the movie's going to raise the question in anyone's mind: What if David would not have passed away at such an early age and just set off the series of tragic events that reduced the Von Erich family just down to just Kevin left? Mm-hmm. You know, it's people to this day are in the wrestling business ask: What if what if David would have still would have lived? And, yeah. you know, and I think that's going to be the, I think the part of the movie that's going to grip the people that aren't wrestling fans are sometimes the beyond expectations coming from parents. And I know Fritz, it was hard to be one of Von Erich's sons under Fritz because Fritz had such high standards for these guys and, I think that's what's going to be one of the plots that is going to grab the person that isn't necessarily a wrestling fan, but just um, someone that just, it was just incredible the way that family was operating. You know, you see the one trailer where Fritz is sitting around the table and he's ranking his four sons. Well, we know Chris was was around, but it doesn't sound like Chris Mm -hmm. is going to be involved much in the story, but. I mean, he's at the at the table ranking his four kids, and I'm thinking that is not healthy at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's unorthodox, and yeah, you're right. The 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 tragedy in the story is what's going to grab the non wrestling fan. That's why I think the movie will do well. There'll be there there will there will be non wrestling fans that will be drawn because of the story. And certainly here in Texas, I mean, it's going to do tremendously well here. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, it's going to be an interesting film. And I think for wrestling fans, what I'm going to really be tuned into is the fact of how well this film does, to where you might see other films uh, with with a professional wrestling, uh, you know, uh, type film in the future maybe get looked at based on the success of this film. So I'm certainly excited to see it on Thursday. And I think we have seen with the Dark Side of the Ring series on Vice that there is a lot of incredible, you might want to call them pro wrestling stories, but I call them just incredible stories in general that are out there that and I hope the yeah. movie doesn't get stung by people thinking, well, I don't want to see a wrestling movie. I hope they get the point across. And I think they have in the trailers that it goes well beyond the yeah, pro wrestling movie. Yeah, it's not just a wrestling movie. Right. Exactly. Exactly. 
Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I, I am really good. looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's going to be good. Well, Brad, let's come back a little bit, heading into Christmas. And uh, last year you uh, gave Kevin and I a big treat with a Christmas poem. Are we, we going to get one of those this year? You had an extra day. Uh, all right. You're not going to get a Christmas poem, but I have a I have a message. I have a Christmas okay. message that I would like to send. Please. Please. All right. Okay. Well, uh for those that listen to your show and for those that are obviously fans of the American Association, the beauty of our league is the fan bases in the different markets. And I have been able to meet some fantastic, fantastic people in several of those markets. Um, the guys in Gary, uh, Polly and Jim, they're fantastic, and they're, they're a lot of fun. And then um, the folks in Chicago that I've met are great, and uh, the folks in Winnipeg. I mean, I, I could go up and down the line for the different markets and gr fantastic people that I've met in every single one of them. Um, and as you know, the American Association, particularly um, with the broadcasters in our league, it's almost a it's almost a brotherhood of sorts. And there are there are many of us uh, that have become very good friends. Um, no secret, one of my great friends, one of your great friends, Dan Vaughn. Uh, you know, we in fact, I, I just talked to Dan this afternoon. We're excited to get uh, get. Uh, back paired up together, start some uh, Grandview basketball together next week. Um, but point being, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of camaraderie among fan bases, amongst broadcasters, amongst players, amongst managers, um, front office personnel. The list goes on and on. And as it pertains to broadcasters, uh, it's big shoes to fill in this league next year. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman, uh, who did a fantastic job, and Gary, uh, he's going to be moving on. Um, wishing Ryan nothing but the best, uh, as I thought he was one of the more underrated broadcasters in our league. I thought Ryan was phenomenal. I think he's got a great career ahead of him. Uh, Sam Brief uh, is leaving the dogs to go take an opportunity with NBC Sports and is going to be covering uh, the games, uh, the Olympic Games in Paris. And, man, does anybody tell a story uh, better than better than Sam Brief? Uh, there's not too many. And the ones that do also happen to be in our league, the Jack Michaels, the Dan Vaughns. I mean, the list goes on and on. Point being, we got a lot of talented broadcasters in our league. Well, Here's my, here's my story that I want to share for uh, this Christmas season. Christmas is, Christmas is a time of giving. Uh, it's a time of thanks. And is the world we live in perfect? No. And then guess what? It's never going to be, right? But think about, just, just stop for a minute and think about all the great things that we have. 
and the American Association being one of them. I mean, we're we're, we're we've got a league with you know twelve fan bases that every year at the beginning of the year, you know, they're excited about what their team could bring to the table and you know thoughts of their team maybe competing for a Miles Wolf Cup and let's 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 take a minute especially this time of year rather than to complain about the things we'd like to change or the things that aren't right let's why can't we just take a minute and be thankful for the things that we do have and whether you're a Cleburne Railroader fan or you're a fan of the Kane County Cougars or or the Kansas City Monarchs, Chicago Dogs, Winnipeg Dogs, whomever, Sioux City Explorers, Sioux Falls Canaries. I mean, we, we can name Milwaukee Millman. We can name every team. Regardless of who you're a fan of, like, be appreciative of that connection that you have with your teams and be appreciative of the effort that the players put forth and the coaching staff and the front offices that, that, do their best to entertain you every night when you enter the ballpark. And do we do it right always? No. And do we make mistakes? No. But the beauty of it is, is we have that next night to try to have the opportunity to get better. And let's let's be better. Let's be better as individuals. Let's be better and let's encourage one another. And you know, I even got caught up in the moment uh, this past week of. Uh, online reading some comments uh, about other broadcasters in the league. And I even had a moment where, where you know, I slipped. And while my intentions were good in trying to defend uh, not just a colleague but a friend, you know, I get caught up in the moment and get a little bit passionate. And, and I'm all about people having their opinions and, if it's a broadcaster, say me. I'm not everyone's cup of tea, and that's okay. That's okay. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful for the people that do support me, and I've been lucky to have that here in Cleburne, and that's why I say, you know, a lot of broadcasters have, have uh, you know, dreams of going to the big leagues. Cleburne is my big leagues. The Cleburne Railroaders are my New York Yankees or Texas Rangers or or whomever, this is where I want to be. And I'm thankful for the the fans that support me. I'm thankful for the front office that gives me the opportunity to try to tell stories every night. I'm thankful for the, the, the friendships that I made with players, with managers, with coaches. I'm thankful for the friendships that I'm going to make with the team this year and the coaching staff this year and the new folks in our front office. So for the front office, in Cleburne that's listening, thank you for putting your trust in me to, to return as the voice of the railroaders. And Am I going to give you the best broadcast every night? No. No, I'm not. But there'll be no one more passionate than me, and there'll be no one that will put more effort into honing their craft than I will. There'll be people that will put in an equal amount of effort, and that's the beauty that we have with broadcasters in this league, but there'll be no one that will put in more effort than me. And for our fan bases, let's just support one another. We've got a good camaraderie built around this league. There, we don't have to. We don't have to, you know, take critical, you know, takes of certain people. Let's just uh, let's just embrace what we have and support what we have in our markets. And I want to be the first to do that. So, to anyone that I have 
maybe said a harsh word towards or maybe have given a, an opinion that they didn't agree with. I, di I didn't do it intentionally, and if you thought that of me, hey, I apologize. And what do they say, guys? This is a, this is a season of, of peace, right? Peace and understanding, isn't that, isn't that the same? Peace and so, goodwill. Peace and goodwill, that's it, Rob, peace and goodwill. So I want to offer up my peace and my goodwill to fans, players, front offices, no matter what your role is in the team that you follow in the American Association. Um, I wish you nothing but the best. I wish you and your loved ones nothing but the best. And as we embark here on the holiday season, <laughs> it's uh, – you know, I'm a 50-year-old guy now, so I'm 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 at the century mark, and there are no promises on tomorrow and or whatever time I do have left. Uh, I want it to be a positive one. I want it to be a positive one for the people that I interact with. I want it to be a positive one for the people that invest the time in listening to our broadcast every night, and I want it to be a positive one for fans of the American Association. So, in terms of that peace. And goodwill, I certainly offer that up to everybody during this Christmas season and wish you all nothing but the best and wish you all uh, a very happy holidays and Merry Christmas. And let's get to May where we can, uh, where we can uh, play a little baseball and uh, all have dreams of our teams hoisting up that uh, Miles Wolf Cup come late September. Well said. Brad Allred, that's an amazing final thought for the show this week. So thank you for joining in, Kevin and I, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you guys, and I look forward to uh, talking to you when we get closer to the season. And uh, once again, fantastic work by both of you. Nobody covers our league better, and we're certainly thankful for the efforts uh, that you guys put in year-round. Merry Christmas to you both. Well, Kevin, I'm really getting to the point of thinking it's it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas when Brad Albert's on the show. It is, you know. Now I'm you know I'm craving gingerbread cookies and sugar cookies and sitting around by the fire, telling Christmas stories. And I I might even go out caroling tomorrow. All right, that's what I'm talking about. I'm yeah, just wondering if eggnog, I just... have some eggnog afterwards and. Brad Albright really gets you in the spirit is what I'm hearing. That's what I like to hear. So he, we might have to have him on all, all December long so that we, he gets us fired up for Christmas. That's what I'm sensing. So, you know, Kevin, looking back on this Cleburne season, um, big disappointment in terms of my, you know, what I thought was going to happen for this club. Uh, I, I was expecting humongous things. I mean, they still did make the playoffs, which was good. I, I was expecting them to make it to the championship series, and they clearly fell short on that. But, um, you know, this interesting move of hiring Peter Cavillia, one that, I, you know, you saw coming months before it happened, um, looks like the logical move. and looks like it's going to be one that should really help this team to be able to get to this next level. Yeah, I think it sends a, sends a message to the East Division and, well, frankly, the whole league that – Cleburne's just not content with being a, you know, a third, fourth seed in the playoffs and out of the first round. They, 
they want to they want to bring a title down to Cleburne now, and uh, you know that's. And I think anything, you know, from a guy like Pete Incavita, anything less than a championship is not going to be considered a success. So it's going to be a different ballgame down there, and it's going to be exciting to see how everything turns out. You know, one thing in looking at this, Kevin, that I, I think to myself is that until this team figures out, though, how you dominate those six-game series at home, you know, I, I don't see them being like a top team in this division, at least in the regular season. I mean, the, the, they got to make that edge of having a club travel all the way down there in the you know 110 degree Cleburne heat and having to face six games against railroaders. I, I feel like they've got to take four out of every six of those games to say we're the top team in this division. And I, you know, for me personally, that's one that I look at as a key for this club. And embrace the road too. I know it's. Um... You know, they're putting on a lot of miles, but, you know, embrace the mentality that, yeah, we know we are the, we are the outlier team geography wise, but don't think we're just going to roll over and play dead because we had to be on a bus for a while. So, you know, it goes both ways. You got to establish your La Moderna field as being a tough place for teams to play, especially when the summer heat hits, but you also need to, have a road warrior mentality when you're not playing at home. Well, let's talk a little bit about signings from around the league, Kevin. As Brad mentioned to us, outfielder Hill Alexander out of the team. We talked about him, and we're expecting a huge season out of him. Fargo Moorhead Redhawks, Kevin, re-signed uh, right-handed pitcher Tristan Rorick, I believe is that the way that's said, and Jake Dykoff joining the team. After having a really awesome start to last year, Kevin struggled after the All-Star break, actually before the All-Star break was struggling, um, has got a chance to learn a little bit more about himself and grow and you know, get a little older and a little wiser. So I, I, you got to figure this guy's probably penciled in to be the number three or four guy in that rotation, and, and they need a big season out of him for sure if Fargo's going to reach back to the top. Well, I believe he ran into arm problems later in the season. And just a number of things led to his release, but he did recover enough to pitch for Bluffton in the Minnesota Class C baseball tournament and, you know, had a really good showing for them. So, you know, I expect good things out of him coming in the next season. And, you know, it's not like what Mike Meyer talked about with, and I think Dykoff did pitch for Minnesota Crookston during the spring. So he had a lot of innings with them under his yes. belt. And then, you know, I just think the innings piled up on him a little too much between springtime and then summer with the Red Hawks. But, you know, I think with a full off season of rest and doing what they feel he needs to do to get himself ready for next spring, I think you're I think you're gonna see a see a pretty good showing from him from a guy you can still plug into a rookie classification. Winnipeg re-signs right-handed pitcher Landon Barasa, and you know, Kevin, I got to tell you that this was probably the the guy in the American Association that nobody talked about. It seemed like all season long, but what a phenomenal year that he that he had for this team. I, I, th- this is just a huge re-signing of this club after posting a you know eleven and six record for Winnipeg last year for a team that I think won like. 38 or 39 games or something 
109 innings pitched, uh, just, you know, I, I feel like kind of growing into himself and had a pretty a pretty good year for this club. And, I, you know, this is, I think, could be a real winner for him again, for this Winnipeg club again this year. He's a guy, he won't wow you with his earned run average, but he's a guy that, he's a gamer, you know, he'll go out there and give you everything he's got every start, and I think that kind of mentality is what helped get him to a double-digit wins last season. Milwaukee signs uh, outfielder Boog Powell, for old people like Kevin and myself, we we know that name quite well, um, and re-signs Reggie Pruitt, uh, man in that outfield, and the Kane County Cougars re-signed right-handed pitcher Logan Neeson and our good buddy Josh Allen. Pretty excited to see him back, and we'll have him on the show here in a couple of weeks, Kevin. Yeah, a couple of good signings, you know, Neeson. He kind of, I don't want to say second fiddle, but, you know, he kind of was in the background a little bit once Daniel Beast took the clothes and rolled and ran with it, but, you know, Nissen was a good seventh, eighth inning guy. Maybe he, on occasion, could give you a couple innings out of the pen. And, you know, Josh Allen, anyone that follows the league knows what Josh Allen can do. And it'd be fun to have him around for another season. A couple of big notes out there, Kevin, just to mention. Uh, Peyton Gray had his contract purchased, I believe, by the Cincinnati Reds, if I remember correctly. Um, not a surprise. Uh, you know, had a phenomenal 2020, got his contract purchased, did not have huge numbers at single A, but last year really caught fire for that bullpen again and took over the closers role. It was great for Milwaukee. So um, got, got a little older, a little wiser, got another opportunity. So maybe this might be the year that Peyton Gray winds up sticking with an affiliate club and going a long way. And Christian Young gets a chance, too. He was also signed by the, I believe, the Angels signed. I could be wrong on that. I don't have anything in front of me, but if going by memory, I believe Christian Young had his had well signed with the Angels. So another year with Anthony Barone having a bunch of guys signed before the con- before the season even gets underway. And as uh, Brad talked about there, Ryan Zimmerman will not be returning to the Gary South Show Railcats. And I, for me personally, this is kind of a, a big loss for the American Association. I like Ryan a lot. I think he does a great job there in Gary. Um, so I'm a little disappointed. Again, moving on to hopefully bigger and better things. But, you know, one thing I, I think over the years, Kevin, we've come to appreciate is a familiar voice calling games. And Gary's gone through a little bit of turmoil with that since 2019. And it's just disappointing to see another guy filling that booth this season, or gal, I should say. Yeah, I mean, we remember Laura Hoover, and she never even got a chance to broadcast the game because they brought her on for 2020, and there was no 2020 for the Real Cats, and Hoover moved on before 2021. But, you know, you're right there because, to me, I put a lot of credence into voice of fill in the blank for ball club or team. And when you guys like a new person every one or two years, it just, you just don't feel that connection with, you know, with the broadcaster and the team. So, you know, I'm, I feel like we're fortunate, you know, that we got guys, Brad's been with the Railroader since day one. I mean, Jack Michaels, just synonymous with Fargo Moorhead Red Hawks baseball. 
and um, Tom Wynn, Milwaukee Milkman, and Sam with what he was with the Chicago Dogs. So, you know, I like it when teams build, you know, they, they keep the broadcasters around and let them truly become the voice of a team and not just a intern working for a summer. Talking about a couple of other notes from around Partner League Baseball, uh, jumping particularly into the Frontier League here, uh, the New England Shoutaheads officially changed their name to now to the New England Knock Knockouts. Um, sounds more boxing oriented to me than baseball, but uh, just another odd name, Kevin, from and from these well, league teams. I can explain that to you. They're going to be playing out of Brockton. And um, Brockton, Massachusetts, was the home of um, boxing champion Rocky Marciano. So well, there's your tie-in. Well, let's roll with and that. You just, and you just stole my shout-out, so. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. Uh, one other note. Um, what do I got, like, five minutes first... to come up with a new one now. <laughs> Go, Kev. <laughs> this is, let's see, I know you'll do, because it's always amazing. Um, we, we always... Uh, our marvel at these kind of promotions that they come up with. I believe that Lake Erie coming up with the, uh, this is a promotion I, I haven't seen before, having a solar eclipse watch party. I, I, I that, That's a new one for me, Kevin. So uh, I'm, um, should we book our tickets now? I, you know, I'm good because, I, you know, this might be an unpopular view, but I know how it's going to end. And it's just like, it's just like why I'm not a big fan of weddings because it's not like the movies. You know how weddings are going to end. You know, if there was a little bit of suspense to it, like let's say with the solar eclipse, like maybe there's a chance the sun was going to blow up or something bizarre is going to happen. Yeah, maybe I'm going to buy into that a little bit. And it's just like marriages. You know, they're both going to say, I do, and they're going to eat cake. And there's going to be somebody who made a fool of herself at the dance and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I don't, I don't like think they have predictability like that. I, You know, I, I like having a little suspense. And to me, solar eclipse party, there's just no suspense to it. You've had a lot of good one-liners over the year, but that, that one may be the best. Uh, so, Evansville Otters closer Jake Palanchik had his contract purchased by the Milwaukee Brewers. So, congratulations to him. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be laughing about that for weeks. All right. So, uh, that leads us to our shout-outs for this week. Well, Kevin, give Kevin a little bit more time after I destroyed his previous shout-out. I will uh, go first. So, uh, Christmas time, Kevin, and... Uh, so shout out to, um, first of all, people that are doing good things for others out there. Uh, you know, this can be a very tough time for many in this uh, time of the year. Losses, uh, struggles financially, uh, just, you know, bad circumstance going on. And when I see people that are doing good things to help others out there, that really brightens my heart and is really what this time of season is about. So. My shout-out goes to those out there who are trying to make other people's lives at least a little better. All right. Well, I'm going to build upon the story I just, from my little diatribe about weddings. 
you know, my little side gig covering Fairbowl Lakers baseball, we were talking about a similar topic one night. And I felt horrible afterwards because I just said, there's no suspense with weddings. You know they're going to get married. You're not really sitting on whether they're going to say I do or, nah, you know, I might want to do something else here. I went on this similar diatribe in a press box, and then I realized one of the guys that was in the press box with me, his son was getting married in a week. (laughs) Putting a damper on that, Kevin, right off. Yeah, well, you know, eventually, you know, I was able to tuck my donkey ears back in and buried myself back in the scorebook and started um, doing the game stories. So kind of whistling. Never mind. My shout-out this week is going to be to my fellow retail brethren who, you know, we were talking about this before the show. We don't get two days off before Christmas and then um, uh, take the whole next week off like you folks at. Um, obviously, you got a better education than me and we're smarter to go into a different field. But I'm going to give my shout-out to those of us that are going to have to soldier on. This is just the way the holidays line up. It's going to be a very stressful week because Sunday is Christmas Eve, so we don't get a chance to catch a breath until Monday. So to all you out there that work in retail, you know, let it know that you're appreciated, even though we're going to take a lot of flack from stressed out holiday shoppers in the next five days. But, you know, try to do whatever you can to get through it and just know that you folks aren't alone. Beautiful. Kevin and I also want to send a special shout-out to all of our fans out there. I, I guess we'll call them fans. Listeners. How about that? That's a better choice of word. Both of them. Have, uh, yes, to have endured another year. There you go, Brandon Hahn. There you go, Brandon Hahn. I don't just... I use that joke all the times, too, not just when it comes to your precious little crowds and legends field. Uh, to the uh, – come and listen to Kevin and I for another year. We've been very thankful for all those who not only uh, listen to the show but, you know, share their comments out there on Facebook and Twitter or uh, sending comments to us or catch Kevin and I on the road and, and uh, say how much they appreciate the show. So all the guests that we've had during this year. Um, who have come on all, I mean, we've had a few people on twice, so probably 47, 48 guests or something during this year. Um, So, you know, a lot of people took that time out of their schedules. Zach Narrier was supposed to spend time with his fiance one night and instead spend it with us for 35 minutes or something. Um, So things like that. We're always appreciative. So thanks for all those people out there who have made this show really what it is. And, of course, to my good buddy Kevin Muko. So he gets a shout-out here, too, for – Great one-liners and fantastic insight as the year has gone along. And seven years is all a death threat. That's, absolutely. Uh, next week, Kevin has already got our guest for next week uh, lined up, so we'll have Deputy Commissioner Josh Buckholz join us, if I don't screw that up this time around. And so great to talk to the Deputy Commissioner and see what's going on around the league and get his thoughts as we head into the new year coming up there. And then we have kind of a busy slate going in there into January um, with Josh Allen and Blake Chaberry joining us here pretty soon as well. And so uh, get bent. 
May's going to come up quick, Kevin. So uh, we got to get fired up, get that, and get into the action. So for Kevin Luco, I'm Rob Panier, wishing you a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next time on This Week in the Association. <laughs>